0: Welcome to Season 2 of Conversations with Jonathan Stockstill. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. We're so glad that you're with us today. I have a very special friend that I'm going to introduce you to today. His name is Dr. Elias Dantes. Uh, He's originally from Brazil but God is using him all around the world right now to connect global leaders into an initiative that is called Global Kingdoms Partners Network. It is both a network of pastors and a network of business leaders, but he has become such a precious friend to me. And uh, today I just wanted to have him on the podcast to talk about what God is doing in the kingdom around the world. So Dr. Elias, welcome to my podcast.
1: Oh, thank you for having me. My pleasure.
0: So I can never keep track of where Dr. Elias is. Every time we talk, he is either in South America, North America, in Africa, in Europe, in Asia. He's all over the place. But today finds him in Portugal. Is that right?
1: Yes, I am here close to the city of Porto for a few Porter. days. Yeah. Yeah, and are what's the... We have a gathering of uh, six to 8,000 youth leaders for this coming year. And wow. uh, it will be here in... Uh, in uh, the city of Porto, we just lease the place. It's a beautiful place. And I'm uh, making the arrangements, meeting pastors, uh, uh, doing things like that.
0: Yeah, That's amazing. What is the weather like in Portugal right now? Uh, today was about uh, 65, 66. Not bad. Oh, man. Sunny. It's beautiful. I did
1: my walk in ten, uh, six miles. Uh,
0: yeah, uh, six miles. Yes, every day. That is fantastic. Well, I'm so privileged to be able to talk to you. And you know that I uh, I met you maybe close to 10 years ago now and have been a part of a network that, that God is building around the world, just a, a network of pastors and business leaders. Would you take a moment and kind of share what GKPN is and what the vision of that network is?
1: Uh, GKPN is, uh, as you said, is a network. But it's not an organizational network. It's an organic network. It's a network of people. God chose to use people to reach other people. And uh, and these are people, uh, mostly senior pastors, marketplace leaders, and very active and alive youth pastors that uh, decide to be friends. It's a very unique thing because... Uh, top of the pyramid. This is for very strategic leaders. Top of the pyramid is not a place for many friends, and in uh, it's a very lonely, very lonely situation. A pastor of a mega church has a lot of people knowing him, but he doesn't. He or she doesn't have a lot of friends, mm. is uh, because not the concerns, the 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 uh, needs and. And all the, the questions and answers that that person has in that particular level are very different from a small congregation past, and uh, so individual stays lonely many times, and then becomes very, uh, it becomes an asset of Christianity that can become a, a, a liability very easily. So we need to we need to put one close to another people of integrity of uh, people who are recognized by excellence in what they do, people who have a kingdom mentality. Because one of the tragedies, tragedies in Christianity global-wide is a, a empire building, mm. uh, a, a empire builders, uh, a tragedy because they only get concerned about their individual legacy. And then the church exists and, and drives, drives just while that person is alive. And then becomes a white elephant sooner or later, after the person leaves or the person commits a sin or gets sick. A lot of life is very dynamic. So we need, we need to put together people of like-minded heart and mind that are uh, people of integrity that can share with one another. And together they can make a difference in the world helping small congregations, helping missionaries, helping others to build their own little places in, in Christian history and to be a blessing to them. So the network is, is that organic network. We don't have even a website It's a blessing. Uh, (laughs) So
0: I've enjoyed being a part of the network for, for so many reasons. Uh, One of the reasons that I love being a part of the network is it's so global, and it's you can't pick a predominant nationality. There's every nation, uh, every continent represented, and so it just feels incredible to relate to people from all over the world from a ministry standpoint. So, and you know what I love about you, Doctor Elias, is that you you're such a global kingdom minded person. Some people think about their only, their, only their area, their city, their, uh, state, or, but to think about what God is doing around the whole earth is incredible. And, uh, maybe talk a second about your experience and missions. What got you into thinking globally as a, as a kingdom person, uh, instead of just specific on one per place. Uh,
1: uh, in the, the early nineties, uh, professors of missiology create a terminology called glocalization it was never a term that really catch up in our discussions but it's a phenomenal text, uh, term because glocalization not, means nothing more and nothing less than uh, thinking globally and acting locally acting locally and thinking globally it's a glocal in yeah. this ball that we all live in, uh, the ends of the earth in Jerusalem are always in, uh, close to one another. And, uh, and we, my function in this network is to be the facilitator of the global and the local. It's creating opportunities for people who are doing their best on the local level to connect with people in the global level. Because uh, what guarantees a Christianity that is alive and growing is global Christianity. Yeah. Because when we get disappointed and sad in, in the micro, the, the 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 in the micro, the macro is going very well. So yeah. one help one another is globalization. So I I am a localized
0: person. (laughs) (laughs) That is so true that, that the global kingdom is an inspiration. It's an encouragement, especially when you're in the trenches of local ministry. uh, Because I think anybody that's listening to this podcast could, uh, you know, identify with what it's like to do local ministry consistently and how, sometimes it can feel monotonous, sometimes it can feel like just the same old, and there's something about expanding your vision, expanding your relationships to more of a kingdom perspective that's so healthy for people. I know that uh, it really is an encouragement to me to be able to talk to people from all over the world and realize that God is so big, and He's doing something big around the world.
1: Yeah, and one thing, uh, Jonathan, Church of Grove is not a a single item is a combination of many factors. One of the, fa- of course, leadership and etc. 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 But one of the factors is what is called local and and, and regional and global factors, and institutionally speaking, and also uh, societal speaking. For instance, uh, when when. Uh, you uh, understand this dynamic. Uh, you you begin to see your church, from a church growth perspective, with different eyes. You are not. There are decisions that are taken on the gov- government level that affects the growth of your church deeply. For instance, uh, when uh, the Somalis came to Minnesota, twenty thousand Somalis came from one hundred twenty degrees. Fahrenheit to minus 20. But they were lodged very close to a few churches in Minnesota. That decision was not up to the churches. It was a government decision. That is regional decisions that are taken that can affect positively or negatively a growth, the growth of the church. Very sadly, the churches did not uh, relate well with that move and didn't see church growth opportunities there. Two years after 20,000 Somalis, Muslim Somalis, were in Minnesota, the, the churches could not penetrate uh, in their group anymore because they, all the vulnerabilities they had when they came became their strength, group strength. You only have always a very small window for opportunity to make challenges very good opportunities for growth. And then if the churches had taken the decision in that particular case, let's help in them. Let's welcome them. Let's uh, uh, make a party for them. Let's let's, uh, then maybe we will see many more in churches today and becoming missionaries to be sent back to Somalia. Mm. So local churches, uh, uh, they, they, they have their own, uh, particularities and on their own set of decisions that affect the growth, but there are other components that don't relate to a local church. They are happening, and when I travel all over the world, this is what happens. I see the opportunities and I see the possibilities. And my function, my calling, is to put churches and, and opportunities together, because if we, if we, if we understand this, there is gigantic possibilities for expansion because God is in the move, God never stops. The Christianity is a movement, it's not a monument. And and when governments take uh, decisions that we think initially, oh they are going to affect the church, they are not. And, and the, the, nobody can stop the church. The church look, look what is happening and then begin to act properly and response and growth. See what the case of uh, of happening in uh, in uh, Bangladesh right now, and in Myanmar with uh, over a million people's group, Muslim group that were expelled and came to uh, Bangladesh. Well, the Baptists in Bangladesh, that are very good group, are very open, and we are beginning to see churches being planted among that refugee group. That wow. uh, that in Myanmar had almost no Christians there. Almost zero. Now we will see churches being planted. It's fantastic thing. It is a wonderful thing. Because opportunities uh, uh, there are opportunities that are raised to the church besides the ability of the church to decide. But how we react, those are the factors that produce uh, our interaction
0: with God's move in the
1: world. In the expansion of the church,
0: so uh, you know you're familiar with uh, Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas is named the encourager; uh, that was his nickname. The encouragers. his name meant the encourager. And, you know, so many people possibly listening to my podcast listen, that that um, maybe live in an American context. It's so easy for people to think, "Oh, the world is doing so bad." You know, things are going so bad in the world. And I feel like somebody with a global kingdom perspective is an encourager of some sorts because they see the opportunities, they see what God is doing around the world. And I love that about your perspective is that you get to see what God is doing around the world. And I'd like for you to take a moment and just possibly share what do you think if if you reflect on what what is God doing in the earth right now, what, what do you feel like are some of the major praise reports and positive things that you see happening in the earth? Well,
1: there are movements from from God, the Holy Spirit, all over the place. You are testifying one now in Kentucky. It's spreading to other places. People, people, uh, they, 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 the 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 they come and say, "Oh, this is a uh, manipulation." Well, my friend, we are people, are prostrating themselves in the presence of God.
0: Yes, and yes. if
1: my people. Uh, search for me and, and with, uh, from the deep of the heart and and, and and pray, I will listen to them. Yeah. So there are a lot of wonderful things happening. In, uh, in, for instance, in France, every three days, one evangelical church is planted in France. Wow. Uh, you don't feel the impact yet, but in the year 2000, there were 50,000 evangelicals in France. Now, 500,000. Wow! If we continue in this movement, you will be 5 million pretty soon. Nobody can stop the church. Nobody can stop the church. And one of the most important things that sometimes our people don't understand in the Western world is the new demography. The new demographic reality. There are 400 million people in the world living outside the nations where they're born. Mm. That is... There is an incredible diaspora, and many of them, many of them come as Christians on first love for Christ. See, and, and they, the, the main blessing to the existing churches in the United States and Canada and uh, Europe is that they bring what we forgot. They bring the apostolic passion. Yeah. The desire to make Christ known, even if I have to pay my li- spend my life for that and pay the price of my own life to make Christ worship among the nations. That is the, is the first love that they bring. We forget. We, we, we forgot those things on, on our environment, that we have a old established Christianity, and we are more on pragmatic side. We are more on programmatic side and then you have these movements of populations destitute of almost everything but many of them with a strong faith in christ see the largest church in italy now is African wow in italy wow i did not know African. that yeah and uh, so they are shaking the nation they are shaking the nation the, the third the second and third largest churches in london they are pastored by people who are not even born in, in England, they are all from Africa. Brazilians alone, they have 140 churches in downtown Zone 10, London. And these people come and they don't go back. They came already. They already took the largest, the toughest decision that a person could take in life, leave father and mother and come to a different land. United wow. States receives 2.4 million people every year. Two point four legally, one point six comes from Christian background countries. Eight hundred thousand now. Can you imagine the potential for the revitalization of the church? Nobody leaves. Nobody leaves his or her uh, place of uh, belonging, you, his country and culture because they are happy there. They they leave because they are unhappy. They look for other opportunities, so they come. With the uh, open intention, clear intention of learning the good and the other side, so uh, this is a tremendous tool that God is bringing. Uh, is 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 the possibility of reaching the ends of the earth without leaving our cities? Wow, they are right there. Yes, is yeah. what happened in, in Turkey right now with Syrians. They are baptized by thousands now, and the Iranians. Uh, and so many Iranians converting to Christ, for instance, and in Turkey, that uh, when they take the kids to the public school, they ask for passports. They don't have passports. They destroy the passports when they cross the border. They have to go to the embassy. And I am a witness. I I saw that. They go there. And the first question that they ask in the embassy is, have you abandoned Islam and became a Christian? Because if they become a Christian, they don't give them passports. They become people without a, a, a country. A countryless people, by full of love, that churches multiply everywhere among the Iranians. The, ends, the, the the diaspora, is the most powerful gift from God for the revitalization of our dying congregations and old established Christians. It's a wonderful thing. It's incredible.
0: That is so encouraging, and I think people need to hear what you're saying it's it's beautiful and it's a perspective that God has given you that's unique uh and that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I I wanted you to share that with people uh I'd, I'd also like you to talk about next gen and what you're experiencing with uh next gen around the world because part of GKPN is building next gen leaders you just mentioned in Portugal you're gathering 8,000 young leaders why don't you talk about next gen and what you see happening around the world with that well
1: uh, a church can be very stable and strong without young people but has no future has no future so being stable right now is not uh is not another way to say that the church is a good church is say that it's a temporary church the church of the future is the church that for every every let's say you you do you research in uh, Baton Rouge you get the the data from your membership and you go zero to 10 10 to 20 to 20 to 30 30 to 40 and let's say that you have uh, uh, and then you do that for the the census us census and you ask how many what is the percentage of the population in Baton Rouge under 40 they probably are going to say 35 percent. And then you do the calculations in your church. And you decide that you have 40%. You should give a Thanksgiving service. Because your church not only is a stable church, but is a church of the future. But the reality is the majority of Christian churches nowadays, they are over 40. So they are still good churches, but they don't have much future. future. In the alone, uh, for every... 20, every 10 kids under 20 only three are going to church so uh, we, we have a, we have a, a, a big of a problem there and uh, but the reality is around the world the younger generation is really catching up with uh, with faith uh, Africa is is average member in the congregation is 19 years old mm. in the country in the continent, in parts of uh, Asia, like Philippines, like uh, uh, Cambodia, a small church but very alive church, like uh, Singapore. My goodness, I was in Singapore, Singapore. three day uh, three months ago, and I attend a church that they have worship services by age. It was Saturday two o'clock in the afternoon. There were two thousand young people, uh, ten to fifteen. Wow. Because uh, at, at at four o'clock will be fifteen to eighteen. After the, the the in the evening will be. This is Saturday, not Sunday. Five other services on Sunday. And and do you know how old was the uh, person volunteer operating the sound system of the church? Ten years old.
0: Wow! Miguel. Wow!
1: My friend is a dynamite. Yes. If you give a causa. A cause, then people follow. What young people don't want is to come to church to eat popcorn. Yeah, uh, because you, you like popcorn one Sunday or a pizza, but if it's only that, it's a so we call Christianity. Call it take you cross and follow me, die for yourself. Uh, all the apostles were young people, uh, from eighteen to thirty. And all of them understood that they had to deny themselves, take a cross for greater cause, and they gave their lives. I think we should invite the younger generation to die for Christ, mm. if needed. And wherever this is happening, is booming. It is really booming. See in Ivory Coast, uh, see in Vietnam, Christianity is already 14% of the population. It it, it makes trials and tribulations. Brazil, though.
0: Brazil is doing amazing with young people, from what I understand. Brazil is doing amazing,
1: but the reality of where Christianity was already the the religion is different from Buddhism, Hinduism, uh, Islamism, Atheism, Communism. It's different. And when you have a, a young person in Brazil converting to Christ, statistically speaking, Christianity doesn't add a single member because it was already a Christian. What improves is the quality of the person. Now it's a born-again Christian. But uh, what really shows the quantitative expansion of the church is when you go over to Muslims, Buddhists, Hindus, Mm. agnostics, atheists. That is where the church refused to go
0: wow I'm
1: afraid that they will come and they kill me well how about that how about they, they kill the apostles but uh, we, the, we we are uh, still still uh being blessed by the the, the legacy we have 2.5 billion people in the world 50 million new Christians every year and uh, uh, that is to say that I it's my personal belief after a lot of meditation that the, uh, the church has to have multi generational things. And each one is called to make disciples, but each one also has a major part to play in the propagation of the gospel. For instance, in, in the Bible, every, everywhere they read the Bible, you see people say, I am the, um, um, my father is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Three generations in the people of God. And I said, what is the, for the stabilization growth and and impact of the church, any congregation should have a good number of Abrahams, because Abrahams are the keepers of the faith, the storytellers. They are the ones who have gone through a lot and can help the younger generation to survive in the midst of the challenges and tribulations. Then you have Isaac. In the book of Genesis, Isaac is also the provider. He provides food. He provides a, a wife for his uh, son. He also always providing. Is the group between 40 and 60. They provide for the church. They provide uh, the coming of the younger children. They provide the finances because uh, all the people live on fixed income. What they have is the history to tell the stories to tell, storytellers to bless. And then you have the Jacob. Jacob is always a warrior in the the, uh, book of Genesis. He is always fighting, fighting inside the family, fighting outside the family, preparing to fight his brother. He he fought fought with God in in Yavok River Valley, and he prevailed. He is a fighter. That is the younger generation. Hmm. The younger generation is the one that works outside the walls, is the one who pays the life outside the walls of the church. The Isaac walks uh, works inside the walls and on the top of the walls, sending the younger generation, and the uh, Abraham are the ones who keep the holy of the holies. Wow, uh, it's a wonderful thing. That is
0: what it is. Elias has such a good perspective. That is phenomenal. I'm, I'm going to steal that Please. from you. Yeah. Uh, it's yours. <laughs> so I also want to ask you about, so we've, we've talked about what God is doing yeah. around the world. We've talked about the next gen. I'd like to talk to you about the marketplace and what you see God doing in the marketplace. Because I, from my pr- perspective, you have a, a passion to connect kingdom leaders and marketplace leaders. Would you talk about that for a moment?
1: Yeah, I think uh, marketplace. You have to categorize because there are different levels. There is a level in marketplace that the church is uh, main church is incubator. Uh, What that means, (coughs) the church provides the environment for the people that are beginning entrepreneurs to flourish, Uh, and, and and that is one of the major focus of. The marketplace ministries in the church is to help the congregation. People who wants to be self-employed, wants to start something. The church provides the means, brings people to speak to them, facilitate the process, advisors, lawyers, etc. Incubator. There is a level, mid-size level, that the church and the marketplace are partners. Because those individuals are in the congregation. They are members of the congregation. These are mid-level marketplace leaders. I I mean, I'm talking about both figures here. So then then they support the projects of the local congregation because they are there. They work together. and, uh, and, And they are absolutely indispensable. But there is a third level that not many people address. That is the supermarket place, the billionaires. The at least uh, the the, the multi-million-dollar people, these people, if they are Christians, and if they are good Christians, they all have their own calling and dream, and the church needs to understand that in that level, our 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 relationship is visionary relationship. Is uh, they will not be giving tithes to the church because they will kill the church if they give a. They will kill the church Plus But they will will be significant Contributors to the church But they have their own dreams They have global impact I have uh, so many friends In the JKPN That are multi-billionaires And they are having global impact right now We can and, And the church needs to understand the values Of these people And these people need to understand the values of the church Because there is, a, on this particular level, very successful ones, uh, because the group is not very large, there is a suspicion, mutual suspicion both sides.
0: Right. Very sad.
1: Because they see the church as exploitating them, looking not for a, a person, but for a checkbook. And the church sees them as the solution for the uh, shortfalls in cash. And, and it's horrible. What we need to treat one another is brothers and sisters in Christ. That's good. And depending on the level, you, you facilitate the growth of the ones who are starting. You work as partners in projects because that is managerial level uh, on the midsize. And you dream the dreams of other. you put dreams together for reaching the world with the ones who can affect the whole world. We have seen this happening, Elias, and, uh, and I learned this profound. on. The, I learned this in
0: the hard way. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, GKPN has both uh, wings. We have a pastoral's pastoral network, and then we also have business leaders globally. Do you feel like there is a you know people are talking a lot about the World Economic Forum, and and there is a whole uh, concern ab- among people about. A new, I guess, world world government, and then also this World Economic Forum. How much it's steering? Do you feel like there is a connection of Christian business business leaders that are behind the scenes that most people would be encouraged to know that these people are working on large kingdom projects together? I think
1: is uh, is uh, we we don't need to uh, really. Put a lot of effort in publicizing our convictions. We need, we need to put a lot of emphasis in doing something. So when do, uh, there are a lot of talk, we don't need the extra books about business as mission. A lot are enough. Everybody talks, but you see very few projects on that. Very few initiatives on that, because is the in my opinion is is old methodology. Uh, when when, uh, uh, when uh, one of the uh, people in the network, the marketplace people that has a global impact, came to the network, I had the tendency of talking about projects. Let's do something together. Let's do something together. That was eight years ago. And then he invited me for, a, he knew that I was going to visit a country next to his and said, can you stop here for have a breakfast with me? I said, wow, of course I can. And, and, and I went the, at the airport, in a hotel at the airport. And then he asked me, do you want me in this network? I said, sure. You are a person of integrity. It's not by uh, because of what you you gain or you own the wealth that you have. It's because you are a valuable brother. Oh, is that, uh, is that uh, the reason? Said, yeah. Then if you want to keep me there, Stop talking about projects. Because we don't need. I give $50 million a year for projects. I don't need to be in a place for extra ones. Right. And say, then tell me, what do you need? Because I will do it. He said, I need friends.
0: Yeah, yes.
1: Bring me friends in the same level. And if we develop good friendship, and if we develop trust, then nobody can stop us.
0: That's right. And I learned my lesson, brother. I agree with that 100%. And pastors are very similar. I mean, yes, it, very similar. because pastors have so much vision and so many things they're doing, but they lack relationships. And so the relationships are what has been so valuable to me with GKPN. Exactly. For sure. Yes.
1: Well, so let's, uh, let's talk more about being friends. And then in GKPN, it took five years. Uh, just meeting before someone had a, a call from God to do something, and then there was a unison response in the meeting, and uh, the millions were raised in the, one day without asking.
0: Right, yes. And,
1: uh, and Because they all trust one another. Yeah. Uh, uh, we, we, we have to think less as a business and more
0: as a family. That's right. That is right. Well, Dr. Elias, thank you so much for spending time with uh, the people of this podcast. I think there's been so many things that you've said that are going to be incredible blessings to people, uh, so many great moments and insights. So maybe we can just close with a word of prayer for people that are watching. Uh, I think one of the most valuable things that you bring to, to me always is a bigger perspective, uh, a global perspective. And I think most people need that. They need, they need, you know, the Bible says, lift up your eyes, uh, to, to, see the harvest. And there, there does need to be a lifting of the eyes because so many times people are focused downward and they have to lift up their eyes to see the bigness of what God is doing. So if you could focus your prayers to just praying for people, um, to have a perspective of the global kingdom, and for mission and for what God is doing around the world and to, uh, yeah. And however he leads you to pray.
1: My pleasure. Let us pray. Gracious God. We are so thankful for this opportunity of being my brother, Jonathan and sharing principles that are, uh, principles for life, for Christian life. There is no greater privilege than being used by you. Oh God, it's not because any of us is good, it's because you are good. You are good, and, and because of your goodness, you decide to use us. What a privilege for every single Christian to be used by you. As we conclude this, uh, this time together, we ask you to bless every single person that is uh, watching it. Allow each one of us to understand that Jesus left us in this planet to give fruits and to see our fruits stay and bless others. Help us to be the doers, because there's too much talking around. We need to to be the message and the messenger at the same time. Oh, Praise be to your name, because you are a wonderful God. Bless every single one of those who are watching. Bless Jonathan and his many responsibilities in his church. We ask you also to bless me with health and help me to continue my path following Jesus in the most exciting thing in my whole life. Yes. We praise you in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Well, my friend, thank you so much for taking the time to be with our podcast audience. You're incredible for jumping on in uh, Portugal. So, you're in the city of Barcelona, right?
1: No, I am in Barcelona, Spain. I am in Porto. Uh,
0: see, I need, to, I need to travel more. I need to travel more. <laughs> Come with <laughs> me, brother. Come with me. Hey, <laughs>
1: last week I was in, in, in Babylon. It was fantastic. Babylon. It was uh, Babylon and an Ur, yes, and Ur of the Chaldeans, where Abraham converted and was sent to uh, uh, Palestine. How exciting! Believe me, was incredible. <laughs> oh my goodness! Incredible. I saw, I saw a, a lion the, in Babylon. Babylon is very well kept. It's a ten million square meter city. Wow! It's it's ninety million uh, square foot city. Is incredible and uh, extremely well kept. And I I got very emotional hmm. when I saw a lion uh, in the central part of Babylon, city of Babylon. There is a processional avenue, and next next and they uh, used to be the palace of uh, the, the 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 king, and then a lion, a stone lion, with the uh, 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 pressing his body upon a servant. That was. The lion's den. Mm. And uh, the lion was the the symbol of uh, Babylon. And then I got, I begin to remember Daniel.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And,
1: and, 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 and the lion's den. And, and Jesus. And, uh, and then Babylon disappeared. No longer exists. Only the ruins. And Jesus, the lion of Judah,
0: Remains is
1: so live, yeah.
0: Alive. It, was, uh, it
1: was in Babylon. Yeah,
0: where where is? I mean, I I, I thought Babylon was in uh, modern day Iraq. Is that is yes, that correct? It's, yeah? it's right there
1: on the on the Euphrates River. Yes. Wow, it's beautiful. It's so well kept. So well kept, and also the ziggurats, uh, the ziggurat in Ur of the Chaldeans is two hours drive from Babylon. I was a professor of geography and history of the Bible uh, seminary for many years. And I got also very emotional because that ziggurat and Ur, the city even today is called Ur. From there, Abraham went through all the way through the, it's called the banana, the fertile banana. uh, The crescent. uh, The two rivers, a crescent and a Mesopotamia crescent. And he... Uh, that uh, ziggurat is four thousand two hundred years old. Abraham is four thousand years old. Uh, Abraham, that ziggurat is a is a temple, is a pyramid wow. to honor the goddess of of the moon. So Abraham was a pagan before he converted. He worshipped there, and then uh, showed me how powerful God is. So he took a pagan to become the father
0: of faith. <laughs>
1: It's amazing! It's It's amazing!
0: amazing. (laughs) Oh man, I want to go there one day. I'd love to. I've I've never been to Iraq. Yeah. Well, Americans are very much
1: loved there. Very much loved.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us, and uh, look forward to seeing you soon in South Africa.
1: Amen. Let's have the Lord's Supper together.
0: Let's do it.